Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, you are watching Off the Track, and it is time to drop the hammer. Hey everyone, and welcome back to episode number five of Off the Track. I'm your host, Tanner Holmes, and to my left, I have my best friend and co-host, Bennett Gooch. Bennett, how's your day been? We're doing pretty good. Uh, woke up bright and early this morning, did a little work, and uh, we're right back in the studio. It feels good to be back. It's always awesome to be here, and uh, as we spend more and more time in this little office space and kind of turn it into our own, it's uh, definitely been an enjoyable experience. Welcome, though, to episode number five. It's awesome how we just recently started this, but it's already kind of starting to fly by. Episode number five, We've already interviewed two guests okay. and have many lined up, and I'm really liking the direction the show is going. Yeah, me too. Uh, some other people see on your exclusive channel, we got some new memorabilia up in the studio. Yes. And we're still working on getting internet in here, so we'll be able to... Uh, I know we're talking about putting an Xbox in here so we can play inside line. Yes. Uh, we'll be able to edit videos and just you know shoot more content in here for sure. Yeah, we definitely want to really make this part of the YouTube channel and add like a little section in a way. And just like I said, make this office area our own and continue to uh, update it as the show goes along. So to talk a little bit about what this episode is going to be about is it's actually going to be, in my opinion, one of my favorite types of episodes Same. we're going to shoot. And it's going to be all about kind of stories and past experiences from one section of events. And that is going to be speed weeks. So Bennett and I used to not be able to see each other all the time. Usually we would only get to see each other during the Red Bluff Outlaw season. Yep. That would be in the wintertime, October, November, December. And that would be a couple times a month. Then also at the start of every new year, you know, maybe a little bit in January, February, March. Cycland a couple times. Yeah, Cycland a little bit. But then recently, as I moved into the sprint car, Bennett and I got to see each other more because he would come along with Speed Weeks with us and we'd get to uh, experience all that yeah. fun in something that was so new because in Outlaw Carts, I mean, we never got to run six nights in a row, even at just one point during the year. So yeah. uh, this... It, this is going to be a very interesting episode as we talk about some of our favorite Speed Week stories and some of the fun events that we went along with. Yeah, absolutely. And the cool part about it too is like, uh, as I got older, I got my license. And so that's what allowed me to drive up here and like kind of perfectly at the same time. That's when you start running the sprint car. And so uh, we just have built so many memories off camera. So that's why we have the podcast uh, to talk about. And I think some of these uh, stories are going to be pretty interesting to you guys because uh, they were never put on camera. Yeah, these are all things that are just behind the scenes that happened. And like I said, there wasn't really a great place in the vlog for maybe. And yeah. that's exactly why we decided to start this podcast. So now as we have moments that happen like this in the future, as we go to events, just like Arizona, yeah. I mean, there was probably five or seven events, mini events, I would call them that happened at the Arizona Speedway or on the trip there or on the way back that didn't make it in the vlog just because maybe we weren't recording or yep. things just didn't happen the way we thought they were. So this is going to be a good opportunity for us to mention the, those to you and you'll be able to hear the stories. Well, the fun part about those two are um, like when we just got back, literally the day after we got back, uh, we recapped everything at Arizona. So it's, it's fun to like look back on a weekend like that because you kind of remember like, oh, this did happen. Like yeah. just so much stuff is going on throughout the race. You almost forget about the day prior in a sense, just because you're focused on the next race and doing well. Uh, so it's cool to look back and uh, 
just see how everything went. And I think that's a great point because like you said, it's kind of fresh in our brain as we were putting together today's episode, which recaps a little bit of uh, our first speed week we yep. went on in 2018 Western Sprint Tour, which was my first five nights in a 360 Sprint car. So as you can imagine, a lot happened in those five short nights of racing. Then also the next year, 2019, yeah. we went on Oregon Speed Week again in the 360. You came along for that. And then one of our most successful weeks when we won yeah, actually man. the ISCS yep. Speed Week Championship uh, in August of 2019, just one month after Western Sprint Tour. So we have so much to talk about and about 10 little events that we are going to jump into in today's episode. In the first one, you already had kind of mentioned something we want to add into the studio. Absolutely. This is one thing when we go on Speed Week, we always like to do. So in the motorhome, fortunate enough, we have a nice little setup. We always like to play video games because when we're traveling two or three hours at a time, you know, we don't have a, as much to do. You know, yeah. we definitely chit chat. We talk about the races, we kind of prepare, but we like to have a second to just kind of relax before we have all the hecticness that's going to happen once we hit to the track. Yeah. Uh, so going into this topic, it's actually, like I mentioned before, uh, NASCAR inside line hands down our favorite game to yes. play on 360. Uh, every time I come up here, I usually bring my game and controllers because Tanner's game is like old and scratched. I mean, yeah. that's just how they are. And uh, I forgot this trip. So we went to GameStop last night at the mall here locally. And would you not believe it? They have maybe 10 360 games still left. It was, in, and, it was incredible. And one is NASCAR Inside Line 2011. So we ended up picking up the game and uh, we ripped some Dover last night. But that's what this is actually about. Uh, when we're on the road, if we're not sleeping, trying to get some rest, we are playing NASCAR Inside Line. And our favorite track at the time was Auto Club Speedway. Yes. And I think Auto Club still is probably our favorite track, but we've really gotten into uh, Dover Speedway. Dover, I mean... You guys, I think I might be faster, but yeah, we've been playing that a lot lately. So you guys got to go drop in the comment section down below. What's your favorite NASCAR game? I, I'm not going to lie. I haven't really played any of the new ones, so yeah. I can't even comment on any of the heat series, but I know Ben, I think you've played them a little bit, but NASCAR yeah. inside line just seems to be uh, the top game. We've always enjoyed playing that. I've also played NASCAR 14 a little bit, but those were all just things that we yeah. played on the 360. And like you said, on this trip, forgot the game. I didn't think there was any chance walking into GameStop that they would have inside line, but there was a couple pre-owned games and yep. we spent 15 bucks and uh, got to rip a little bit last night. But that's one of our favorite things to do on the road. And I think that's one, a couple things that we've learned as we, you know, do these speed weeks are different things to kind of keep ourselves entertained, even though it's action packed yeah. every single night, or if we have a rain out or something goes wrong, uh, we definitely find fun things to get to do, you know, while we're, uh, while we're ripping. Yeah. One of the unique things though about this is I remember we would always play, I think it was 40 laps at auto club. Yeah. So we would pit like maybe one or two, three times. Um, this is the first time me and Tanner were like, all right, we're going to do 125 laps at auto club. I think this was on our way to Coos Bay, Coos Bay for yep. 2019 ISCS speed. And that was on a super windy road. And I think I got like maybe a little car sick afterwards, but, uh, 125 laps at auto club yeah. was such a long race. And then I remember we had to pause with like 20 to go because we, we got just to the pulled track. in. Yeah. Literally we, the second we left about a two and a half hour drive, maybe three hours yep. in the rig. And we almost finished the 125 lapper. Like you said, we pitted like 10 times, but that was a lot of fun. And we paused it. We got our pit passes and then we finished it before we uh, unloaded for the night number one of Speed Week. Do you remember who won that? I honestly don't. I think I, it came. 
I think it was like maybe a wreck out. Yeah. Here's the funny thing is, so we do these super long races and sometimes like you literally go the whole race, which it's fun. And then it ends with someone getting ballpark. So it's like, we just yeah. did all that for, you know, uh, a pretty competitive finish though. So that's one of the fun things we love to do when we go on speed week. And uh, usually we find other things also to do in the RV. I know uh, after ISC a speed week, you actually had done a bunch of photography. So back mm -hmm. then we'd pull up on the laptop, we get pictures going, we get the videos going, watch those nights races. And that was always a lot of fun to kind of recap each night. Yeah, that was kind of the first time I really got into taking my DSLR camera and getting like still shots like we have up on the wall back here. Yeah, this this photo behind me is actually from Bennett. Bennett yeah. took that photo. It just happened at Coos Bay that, you know, everything was in the right frame and, and it turned out well. And I think that's kind of like the point where I was like, let's start making this production the best it can be. And that's when I got into the like... I think that is the very first time I really got into the, like using your camera to get cinematography shots. And then I was using my picture or camera to get pictures like that. And, uh, I think that was super cool that look at where we're at now and we've evolved to going on. the Absolutely. Infield. As we just keep trying to get our production better and better. So that's the first little mini event we wanted to talk about on speed week. Mm -hmm. And we are now moving into probably one of the first <laughs> really funny events that took place yeah. as we uh, travel day by day to new racetracks. And this actually occurred at the sunset speedway park. It was my first time being there. It was my your, first, time, your yeah. first time being there as well. Remember, this was my third night in a 360, I think, third or fourth. Third or fourth night in a 360 yeah. sprint car. I'm just trying to figure it out. I didn't even know a 360 would race on a place as small as Banks. Yeah. And so we got there. And believe it or not, I actually, I didn't qualify too bad. I think they had 20 cars. We qualified eighth. So we were up in the top 50% yeah. of the field against some pretty stout guys because usually for uh, 360 speed week, you know, guys from California come up, guys from Washington come down and they really meet in a good middle ground for some of the best racers on the West Coast. Yeah, for sure. Um, a funny little mention since we're talking about Sunset Speedway, <clears throat> I remember the first time we got there because we left, I think it was Grove or something at yeah. like right after the race finished. So I think we got there at like 2 a.m. or something. I think, didn't we hop the fence to go look at the track at like 2 a.m.? Because yeah. this was the first time we've seen the track. And me and Tanner, when we get to a track super late, we always like to go check it out at night. Especially then, these were all places we were going to for the first time. So yeah. you're like, hey, let's go get a look. Usually the moon was out. And this, yeah, that that, that did happen the first yeah. time that we got to Sunset. They have like a nice little gated area where you stage on one side and then you actually exit, uh, exit on the other. So it's actually a decent little pit lane, how they have it to enter and exit the track. But yeah, we actually ended up just hopping the fence, walked up to it. Pretty beautiful facility they have cool. there um, in Banks. And hopefully we'll get a chance to go there. Even you get a chance to run your dwarf car there because they have yeah. some pretty phenomenal dwarf car racing uh, during ISCS Speed Week. But that's one of those places I think that was pretty was hit pretty heavily because of the pandemic because of where yeah. it's located in the state but getting into this mini event so what happened we just got done I think I just got done with my heat race yeah it was your heat race and I think this is the heat race we one of the only times I've been with you and we've wrecked some parts I think you're didn't your bumper go into the tank? Oh, oh yeah, because what happened is, so Banks, super small, and at the time, they didn't really prep it as much it's as, slick. now they have it really figured out, but back then, they were still kind of working out how to figure, or how to prep the racetrack yeah. to have it be as successful as that could, and so it was really right around the bottom and so much throttle control. Yeah. Like, in the heat races, you're just pedaling around there, maybe half throttle down the straightaway, and guys were kind of going door to door, and I think someone wore someone out, and I just happened to kind of slide into them, yeah. and uh, I think I, I bent up a Nerf bar and maybe uh, a torsion bar in the rear went bad or something like that. But 
after our heat race, the and heat we're race fixing, after, yeah, we're fixing your parts. Yeah, we're fixing our car after our heat race, just getting ready for the main event. 20 cars, everyone goes to the feature, and there's a fight in the heat race after us. Yeah, and it's it's our actually our next door neighbor, which is uh Billy Aton. Yep, Billy, we'd met him that speed week, he was a super cool guy. And actually, I believe it was John Carney. They yeah. were just in a heat race and they kind of got together out on the racetrack. I, yeah, we didn't get to see it. Actually, we, Yeah, we didn't get to see exactly what happened. So we don't have a comment there. But also I know is Billy comes in the pits. He was pretty heated because he had the one with the wrecked parts. Yeah, you could tell he obviously got the worst end of whatever happened. And then you had John Carney, who had actually never really been to this part of the country, I, I think, think, to race because he's been from down in the south, yeah, like Texas and Texas. stuff. Yeah, that's and he was driving the seven car at the time. And so Billy gets out of his car. His team pulls his back bumper off because I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Like maybe the seven ran into the back of yeah. him or something occurred like that. So he takes his uh, torn up rear bumper, walks over to the seventh pit, John Carney, right and actually yells at him and then throws the back bumper right at, him. at the car. And John Carney caught the back bumper and threw it back at him. Yeah, it was. Uh, so well, some it, words that were exchanged and it was so weird because when he threw it, it was like kind of like they're yelling at each other. And John turned around because he was over it. And I don't know what he got a sense of, but he turned around and caught the like back <laughs> bumper like reverse and then threw it back, and then the two are coming at each other. Like, yeah. this is about to get gnarly. And out of nowhere, I think it was Brian, Brian Crockett, Brian Crockett. The, the race director at the time, yep. or one of the officials, everyone rushed over there, obviously, knowing what was happening. And so everything got broken up. But it was just funny that we initially yeah. caught that. And how the bank's pits are, I mean, it's pretty open. Like, where we're pitted, where you're pitted over here, you can see everything. Yeah. So uh, the whole pit area got a pretty good view of all that. But that was just pretty funny that, you know, throw a back bumper at someone and they actually catch, catch it. it yeah. so, and uh, I can't believe Brian slid in there with the quad right in between. It, it was crazy how yeah. it all happened. So that is uh, one of our favorite Speed Week stories that we love to talk about. And uh, we always still joke about it to this day yeah. when things happen on the racetrack. So the next story that we want to go into, which is actually one of our, this is from the same speed week mm -hmm. uh, when it happened. So the final night was at the Cottage Grove Speedway. Yep. That was from Banks the third night. I think the fourth night we ran all right, maybe like 10th. We were getting better and better. And especially at a track like Cottage Grove, that was a place where I had already had some laps around. So even yep. though we were in a 360, uh, I was able to, you know, kind of transition what I knew from the limited to that. Mm-hmm. And then on the final night in the 360, I was just not doing too good. It was pretty tough. We had the most cars we had had all week. I was probably tired, mentally exhausted. Things were not going good. We actually had to run the B main event. We made it through the B, started 18th in the A, and I'm pretty sure our crew, I don't mean it how it sounds, but they had kind of given up on me. Like you could just tell I was yeah. not there. I don't think the, the vlog was probably not very good that night. And just, uh, I just wasn't running good. I just was beat down. And for some reason, I don't know what happened, but in the A main event, we found something at one of our lowest points and started like 20th or 18th, yeah, almost in the last row deep. and drove it up into the top 10. And like I said, this is against some pretty solid 360 drivers and we were just passing guys. And all I did was run the bottom, run the bottom, run the bottom. And uh, we were just passing some of the fastest guys, you know, right there outside the top 10 and came home with an eighth place finish to end the week. That, yeah, no, that was super cool. It's always cool to watch like, you never want to start in the back for sure, but what it's what is cool to watch is like when you watch like your car go out there, and right off the bat you're just flying past people like you're in the traction just hooked up. It's one of the coolest sights to see really from the stands. And I think that's one thing about sprint cars that is so special compared to maybe carts. Like you can tell when someone's stuff is on it and yeah. when they're on it versus in an outlaw cart. I think uh, the speeds are just so close. You know, you can maybe be off a little. 
but you're still in contention versus like the closing rate in sprint cars cover. and the difference of speed. Yeah. When someone's flying, you can tell and it makes you almost stand up watching it, just cheering in excitement. And so that's one thing I felt like we had that night where even at one point the leaders came around to lap us, like they were getting closer. Yeah. I don't remember who was leading that night, but we were able to actually kind of pull I away think, from them as they got stuck in traffic. I think it was DJ Neto. I think it was. Yep. Yeah, they were all ripping the top and we were able to run the bottom just the whole race. And that was the first time I got some really solid experience running down there at the Cottage Grove Speedway. So while we're on the topic of talking about the Cottage Grove Speedway, I think it's important to bring up one of our craziest Speed Week stories to date. And it might be tough to top this one no matter what happens in the rest of my career. And this was the night when we actually had to do two motor swaps. Yeah. And we started ninth in the A main event and still won the race after changing a motor literally 20 minutes before the feature we started. It took us about 18 minutes to do it. We push out on the racetrack right before we're one of the last guys out and uh, still win the feature. That was that was a chaotic night. I think this is one of my favorite nights for sure. Like if I can think back to all of them. Uh, I remember what, so what, what it was prior is we had one night at Grove, right? Yes. And you came off the track because this was two nights at Grove because we had something rain out. I think Will or well, no, Willamette, Willamette had wasn't, to cancel. Yeah. So they were originally going to run there, but Willamette had some problems. So Heather Boyce and the crew at Cottage Grove, this was actually a big time power move. Yeah. They're like, you know what? Would you guys be down to just do two nights at Cottage Grove? Would yeah. everyone still be able to do it? And honestly, I think it actually turned out better because Cottage Grove races really good during yeah. ISCS Speed Week. And the first night, I think I ran like fifth or sixth. I actually, I, we didn't have this in our notes, but I yeah. guess I should bring it up. One of my dumbest mistakes I've ever made in a race car. I wasn't really paying attention on the receiver. I wasn't having a good night. You, you know where I'm going yep. with this. So I was running fifth night number two of ISC a speed week. We won mm -hmm. the night before in Cottage Grove. We we're working on being consistent because, you know, we're trying to bring home the championship trophy that week. And I was running fifth and the yellow came out and we're riding around under yellow. And I guess on the race, they were like, all right, we're going lights out. And I didn't hear it. I was at the bottom of the track, kind of just like down in the grip, yeah. just riding around. All of a sudden I look up and they're taking off and I'm like, not even with the pack. And so that's documented right on the vlog <laughs> when that happened. Uh, so I lost a couple spots there and I, I, I can't even imagine what you guys were thinking in the stands, like what's going on. And that was, uh, like I said, one of my more dumb mistakes in a race car that I don't think I'll ever make again because yeah. those things just stand out like that. But anyway, so we ran like fifth that night right. and we needed to bounce back and we go into the next night. We actually made a motor change because well, our engine was running hot. Yeah. I remember you, yeah, you came in and you're just spewing water. Like it looked like the car was on fire. There's so much steam coming off and of the, uh, steel. the gauge was pegged at like 280. So that means yeah. it was above and it just was running way too hot. And obviously when you get an engine that hot, you know, it can definitely do some damage to it. And so we had our other limited because fortunate enough, our team had two limited engines, uh, both built by the same guy. And so we put our spare one in, which yeah. was under the, in, in the engine cabinet. So we put the spare one in for the next night. And this we're like, is like we during the day. No, not really a big rush. Yeah. There's no rush at all. This is like wake up the next morning type deal. No one's really out. We get out a little earlier so we can do maintenance and get this engine change done. I had this part exactly in the vlog, little time-lapse action, all that. So we get the engine dropped in, go out there for hot laps and it's ripping. Well, I yeah. guess hot laps slash qualifying because it's the yeah. same for ISCS. You qualify your first time out on track, but we were ripping, felt really good. And then all of a sudden I hear something like, it sounds like I almost lost a cylinder or something uh, on the last lap of qualifying. I'm like, that's not good. So I immediately slow down, you know, shut some stuff off, get everything uh, to a point where it's, it's safe. And then I 
you know, pull into the pits and I'm like, Hey, you know, it sounded like something happened. It made yeah. a weird noise. This is what I felt, you know, still being newer to sprint cars. I'm not hundred percent sure what this could mean or what could be wrong, mm -hmm. but I just know like, Hey, that, that did not sound normal. And immediately you could tell the motor was not running at full potential. So didn't, I think before we swapped the motor, didn't we change the ignition for the heat race? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So they weren't sure. They're like, okay, maybe it was the mag. So mm -hmm. we switched that and like, all right, go out for the heat race because we didn't have enough time to really well, we, we didn't really have a good option of putting another motor in because yeah. we already had used our original one, which we figured was a little bit hurt. So they changed the mag. They're like, see, this might be the issue. And at, at the same time, they're going through and trying to check every little thing that it could possibly be. So they're doing that. We switched the mag. We got there for the heat race. Fortunate enough in qualifying, I had already laid down like a good enough lap mm -hmm. to where I think we were like first or second in the group mm -hmm. because it all went south on the last lap. And then after that, go out for the heat race. And I'm like, dude, this thing is not running good at all. Yeah. But I had to finish the heat race. You know, it wasn't like it was running completely terrible, but it was only at like 85%. And you guys could hear it from the stands, right? Yeah, I remember. I I don't know if I was on the infield. I think I was on the infield for that. You were. Actually, yeah. you were. Yeah, I remember I was in the infield for the heat race. And it started going south. Like I could tell you weren't moving forward at that point later on in the race. And so uh, I, by the time I got out of the infield for the heat races... Uh, I think we're right on the border, uh, the crew and everyone's thinking, are we just going to run it yeah. or are we going to make the hero swap? And that's when we pulled the trigger on it. Yeah. So how actually all that went down, it's pretty funny. So I come in, I'm like, yo, there's no way we can run this A main event. This yeah. thing's going to blow up. Like I'm running it hard in the heat race. They said, go out there and see if it'll run. I'm going as hard as I can go. And it's, you know, like I said, 70, it's starting to actually get lower. Probably it's only running at 75% by the yeah. end of the heat race. And I'm like, okay, what do you guys think we can do? We don't, we have that other engine, but that thing's running way too hot. Yeah. And my dad's like, you know what? We're just going to run this for the A, try to get as much points and we'll figure out what to do for the rest of the week. And I'm like, are you serious? Like, that's the answer you're giving me. So what I, I make the corporate decision, yep. like to joke, I said, no, we're pulling this thing out and we're putting that other one. in. I don't care if it overheats. I'm going to drive it as hard as I can drive it. Yeah. And we're going to go out there and give these guys a run for their money. Did we see, I don't remember if there's a rule or not. Did we start in the back because we changed the motor? No, just we still got to keep race. We still got to keep yeah. our same starting we still, spot. We still start like eighth or ninth, right? Yeah, because with ISCS, so since you qualify good six car invert, yeah. you have to move forward enough in order to make the redraw. Yeah. Top eight make the redraw, and I think I was ninth because I only because, passed like one or yeah. two cars in the heat race. Mm -hmm. And fortunate enough, I was even able to do that. So we roll off ninth. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna need to make some moves. I didn't have the greatest feeling going into it because the night before we, we ran good, but we, it was weird. We just were a little off. We yeah. just weren't where we felt like we needed to be in order to be a speed week championship contender. So, you know, I don't know what it was. I don't know if maybe I just got up on the wheel a little bit. So we start making the motor change. A, a bunch of things are happening. We have like eight or 10 people doing this. I'm pulling the wing off. I take the wing off. Bennett's helping with that. We have certain guys pulling off headers, and pulling off ev everything, even is, the radiator. This is the crazy part too, is like normally when, so when we swapped the motor uh, earlier in the day, we kind of had like a spare table. We set everything else uh, up nice. Super we nice and neat. We cleaned it. We knew where everything was. We're just pulling crap off this motor, throwing it wherever. And at one point I'm thinking like, Thank God I'm not the head crew chief yeah. here because I don't know where any of these parts go dang near Yeah, because I'm still pretty new to sprint cars and stuff. And so I remember we had this, uh, that, that, that plastic like table set up, you yes. know, and there's these two special, uh, nuts or 
I think they're washers that go in for the motor mount or the bolts, right? Yes. For the motor mount. And we couldn't find them. And then we actually found them like right in time. That was lost at one point. Yeah. And then we still don't know to this day. This is the greatest thing. Carly pulled, pulled off the headers right there when we first started. And we have no idea where those header bolts went. We, we have no, no, no idea. idea. Yeah. We still don't know to this day. We don't know whose pocket they ended up in. <laughs> And we're still, we still don't get how we lost those. That was the only thing, uh, the only piece of the puzzle, I guess you could say, but, that didn't go back in. You know, we had to just, you know, pull some spare ones from the drawer. In, in a sense, though, that's kind of a good thing in a sense because there were so many people helping. Like, I don't know if we would have got it done in time. I think we might have been pretty close, but there's so many people just helping and, us. And it was almost at the point where not, you know, we appreciate everyone's help, but it almost too, too many mighty, because yeah. if you have the right people, that's all you need. Otherwise, yeah. everyone kind of can just get in the way or whatnot mm -hmm. and Carissa is actually helping us produce this podcast right now sitting behind the camera she filmed it all so that's what made props, for an exciting yeah. uh, vlog content one of the funniest clips in there is my dad's filling up the radiator <laughs> with the gallon jug yeah. and then all of a sudden he tips it back and drinks some himself so I'll have to link this video down in the description one of the craziest action-packed night anyway we get it all changed literally the, one of the last cars two to minutes, roll out yeah, two you know uh, after the horn one of the last cars to roll out and we start ninth and we start ripping the top ripping the top and yeah. the engine actually ran good and i don't think i lifted for the whole race literally yeah. wide open around the top wide open almost around the bottom and we we're able to uh sneak by the leader and lap traffic and park it in victory lane and that was one of the more exciting celebrations I, just because of everything that happened you know within those last 45 minutes before you know the a main event i so I'm not one to like be jumping out of their seat in the stands when something happens. I'll be yelling like, hell yeah, like go for it. Yeah. But when you made the pass and after all that work we had done and then the checker dropped, I have not ran down Cottage Grove's <laughs> wooden stands faster than I did that time. And we bolted for you on the front stretch. And I think that was one of the coolest moments yeah. I've ever been a part of. And I, I feel like I'm kind of the same way. Like some wins I get more excited for than others, but yeah. it's all uh, just off circumstances, hundred percent. like for example, you know, like Red Bull up this last weekend, I was more hyped than normal because I hadn't won there in over a year. Just yeah. like, you know, that limited race, all the circumstances that led up to it. It was like, are we even going to be able to get out on the track? Like there were so many unknowns or is this engine going to overheat yeah. or this? And this actually kind of leads into the ending of the story, which leads us into the next night of that speed week yep. was what we ended up doing. We had that engine that we pulled out earlier in the night. Yep. Uh, I don't remember exactly what they diagnosed the problem was. I'm blanking on it right Something now. Something with the heads. And I remember this. Uh, so usually on speed week, right as the checker drops, you know, we talk to some fans, get some merch and whatnot. And then uh, we're usually out of the track pretty quick because we got to go up north to the next track. Well, this was a little different. I left with Brian or no, so I left with some guy that I think was a family friend. I don't I, know. I, I think, oh yeah, no, yeah. You left with someone that they took you to Brian Crockett's to house. Crockett's house to get head parts. And then I came back and just in the, I don't, I don't think you guys would have left without me, but you guys are literally rolling out as I get back to get into the toter. And then your mom took our uh, chase truck with the other motor. Yes, so Krissa and my mom, uh, they actually head back down south yep. to here in Southern Oregon where our engine builder is. So two hours south, they come home for the night. 
we go north after Bennett went and got the parts to bring to my mom, right? Yep. Not to us. Yeah. Yep. Like I said, I'm blanking on, I can't remember exactly what it was, but so you bring the parts to my mom, they take it down so they can drop this engine off at the engine builder. The engine builder is going to fix it during night number four. And then they're going to drive to Elma, which yep. is six hours north, the final nights of speed week. Cause we were so at we, banks while they were exactly. We yep. weren't worried about the engine overheating at banks. Cause the smaller track, not on the throttle as much. We're like, this thing should last through that night. Mm -hmm. And then Elma though, if we had to run it at Elma, it'd probably melt the thing because yeah. you're on the gas there for a very long time. So it's just crazy all that happened. Bennett went to a guy up there's house to get some parts, which yeah. he's a dealer up there uh, in the Cottage Grove area. Brian Crockett been doing it for a long time. Pretty and cool super, shop. He's got so much Super in influential in the Northwest racing uh, for sprint cars and, and all the other divisions. So Bennett goes and picks those up, brings them to my mom. She heads here. We head to Banks for night number four. And then we actually end up winning, winning Banks, Banks night number four. That's and our third win on the night. That was a week. Third win on the week. Yep. And unfortunately, my mom and my older sister could not be there because they were still in the process of driving up that way because yep. the motor had just got finished maybe a couple hours before the A-Main event rolled off. So they picked it up from the engine builder and then headed north. And I remember my mom actually called me right after the feature. She's like, we still stopped in a Walmart parking lot here off this freeway exit so we could watch Dirt Oval TV. Yeah. So uh, that was that was some of the craziest 24-hour period in our speed and week we've ever had. I think that Banks win was super cool as well because it was a dogfight against Kinzer. It was. Yeah, you we started Kinzer third. Kinzer, uh, Kinzer Cox led early on and we threw some slide jobs after a couple mm -hmm. of restarts and we found the top side of the racetrack, which at Banks, like I said earlier, it's not common. Yeah, they they usually have it prepped where the bottom's faster, but lately at the Banks Bowling, the top has really just been in how they've been prepping it, and it's really turned in one of the best tracks for the limiteds, I think, 100%. in the state of Oregon. And that was one of the more fun races of my career, just yeah. because running the top there was a blast. It was a little boring, and we're able to get it done for our third win of the week. So that 24-hour period was crazy. My mom actually brought the engine to Elma. Like I said, we changed it before night number five and then ended up recap or capping off the week with a, a speed week title with the engine that originally yeah. had a problem. And then we had to do all that craziness with the change and whatnot. So well, that's, that's one of my favorite pictures is after we finished the final night, uh, I don't think we won the final night at Elma. No, we didn't. But we, just taking a picture with the championship trophy, all the checks and all the trophies throughout the week, I think that's one of my favorite Yeah, pictures. definitely that's a 50% so cool. win ratio was pretty good there during ISCS Speed Week. So that's probably our best story here yeah. on the list that we were most excited to tell. And we have a couple more here to get into. All right, so this next, uh, this next story here is something that I'm starting to relate to. And I think this is one of more of the funny moments uh, so I think this is actually at Southern Oregon Speedway, and uh, we were watching the Dwarf Cars race. I think it was the Dwarf Car National Race at yeah. the time at the Southern Oregon Speedway, mm -hmm. and I think it was before 360 Speed Week, not ISCS Speed yeah. Week. Yeah, and this is before I actually was really interested in the Dwarf Cars. And so I remember me and you were watching the race beforehand, because I think they were before I think us. They, yeah, they ran and before, then, and the sprint cars were last. Yeah, and so we're sitting there watching, and the thing that I've kind of learned with Dwarf Cars is they really want the car tight because I feel like they're just they're hard handling cars. Uh, that's what I've been told, so I don't know 100%. But anyways, we're watching, and there is this guy just loose as could be, all right? He's just <laughs> loose, and I think Southern Oregon has like a hot pit. 
They do, right? It like they it comes in right on the back stretch where the staging is. And I think this night, like the track was kind of right around the bottom. A lot of guys were just ripping down low. And it's a in it's a dwarf car national race. So there's some big time dwarf car guys from the west coast. And the like there's just a little section of stands that you can stand on that's completely completely full. It's really even hard to see the track, but continue on. Uh so there's this guy just loose as could be, and I think there was a red flag because there's a pretty decent flip. Well, he comes in. And they changed the tires on them. And I think they put reverse stagger or something like that. They just put the right rear on the left rear and the left (laughs) rear on the right rear. So this guy goes back out. And I, me and Tanner are just sitting on the top of the stands. And this guy is pushing (laughs) harder than a dump truck. I mean, on the top, I would. Dead last. He's losing ground on the whole field. I would pull off at this point because I'd be (laughs) so pissed. I love a tight race car, but this thing is so bad. Oh, dude. And the crew chief apparently is standing next to us. And he's like, that's my guy right there. And I'm like. Yeah, Dude, nice. he was literally cheering oh. him on, like jumping up and down. Like he was so pumped this, to see his driver, like just, I don't know, he's just pushing. Well, and they were all excited. Yeah, well, the thing was, is apparently this guy and his crew have been struggling to get the car tight, apparently, because <laughs> it was so loose. He's like, Dude, we got that thing so tight. It's awesome. Like he's going nuts, and I'm just like, Right on, dude. Like yeah. we're just standing next to this guy as he's about to get lapped at a Dwarf Car National. Yeah. I say he put it in the show. That's cool. But uh that's kind of where I think uh, our initial some, some love wa- our love watching the dwarf cars just because yeah. that was something that was really funny that sticks out and uh, our saying you know you're yeah. saying that you come up with you know if it ain't tight it ain't right yeah and that's the funny part too is Tanner knows I like a tight race car and I always say if it ain't tight it ain't right and uh, someone like me and running carts and stuff I don't like stagger you like stagger I don't like yeah. stagger if I can on slick track I'll run reverse stagger. <laughs> Probably not going to run reverse stagger in a After dwarf watching car. that dwarf car guy, no. probably not. But uh, one of the funny things is, is I've given Tanner like my setups on iRacing. He's like, how do you even steer this Literally thing? wide so open tight. in a wing sprint car, just pushing like a dump truck. So uh, that's one of our favorite dwarf car mm-hmm. stories from the Southern Oregon Speedway. And that kind of led into our speed week like the night before yeah. or uh, whatever happened there. That was a lot of fun. Now we're kind of leading into our next story, which actually was a similar time right before one of our speed weeks. It wasn't actually on the speed week, but because of how some of these races lined up, it kind of just like added on to our nights of action. And this happened in Montana. So we ran an outlaw cart up in Montana for the Wild West shootout. Uh, What year was this? Let's see. I think it was was last year. I think it was 2019. 2018 2018 or 2019. (laughs) Right We were just having a lot of fun. Carly really wanted to go outlaw car racing. Montana's a big race. And so Carly really wanted to go up there. And somehow she convinced my parents like, hey, let's go up there. Let's go race with Ed Boyd Truck Shop Motors. And then we'll tow my car in the trailer and we'll just run uh, my outlaw car owned by the family. Well, and the thing too, when we went up there is like, it was such a long drive there. And I think coming back, your dad didn't stop. No, like he we drove, he drove straight, straight through. through. So we drive up there to the Wild West shootout and nothing really happened in a uh, crazy on track that, you know, was something necessarily to talk about. But the big thing was it was 4th of July. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, we had to crack out the fireworks. And this is something, this was not one of our brighter ide- ideas. Yeah. But before the first night of action, we had bought fireworks because of how easy they are to well, get up in Montana. Yeah, so we go to this like... We went to the reservation. Well, yeah, we went to this reservation and they got these fireworks for sale. And I buy like some of the cheap ones, like 15 bucks for this thing that are like mortars. I know what mortars are now, uh, but I buy them and I'm like, all right, we'll see what these do. Like yeah. 15 bucks. How good can it be? And the first one we light off, we throw on the ground, like didn't even put it in the tube or nothing. Which is not a good idea. <laughs> and this thing explodes. Fireworks are shooting past me, Tanner, Krista, some little kids that were kind of like watching from the side. And I'm like, oh boy. 
Uh, I think it was the most unsafe moment I've ever been a part of, yeah. but one of the funniest moments because yeah. we didn't expect it to be like that. Yeah, we were just messing around with the fireworks, and then the same thing happened. I don't remember what they're... they're so they're Roman candles. Yeah, we, we were just messing around with the Roman candles, and Bennett actually shot one at me, <laughs> and it got caught in my sweater, actually in the hood, and it literally just like eventually it, quit but it literally left a huge burn down my whole neck for the whole week it, when he I shot one so at me. bad it, it's all good because i i tried to get him back but i missed but uh it was just funny how that all happened how you know i happened to not be looking and you know he got me right in the well back i of the think neck. what it was is we were trying to get like a funny video of just like kind of like yeah you know you're shooting them at each other but they're missing yeah well this one actually gets caught in your hood somehow and it didn't like I don't think it landed on your skin. It just like scored. It just scored was good it. enough yeah. to kind of leave a little bit of a mark. But uh, that was some of the funnier and not as bright moments yeah. that we've uh, we had together. And that happened to be in the state of Montana right before 360 Speed Week. The next little mini event that we want to talk about here. This one is insane. I don't even really know how this happened. This happened to be uh, during ISCS Speed Week in 2019. I think it was yeah. the final night. Uh, I was running fourth at the time and I actually got caught up in an incident which knocked, I think, my left front shock yep. off left front, left front shock, shock off well, because a lap car, I was trying to weave through lap traffic, trying to catch mm -hmm. the leaders. And one of the lap cars kind of like lane changed and I hopped the right rear and it just totally knocked the left front shock off and bent the front axle. So I pull in, they get it all fixed up. I go back to the back and there's a huge red flag a couple laps later. And it's actually our buddy Brent McGuy, one yep. of the limited drivers. He flipped and kept like going. A full 360 wing never even touches the ground, lands and keeps going. This is like was some insane. Keith Bloom stuff, like yeah. Ryan Foster flipping and keeping the deal going. Somehow. It was insane. So you can imagine he literally flips. I don't know. I don't know if he hit, he didn't hit a rut. He hit another car or I something. I think he hopped a tire for sure. Yeah, he hops a tire. And like Bennett said, wing never touches the ground. Full on flips. Lance keeps going. They did send him to the back. But how impressive that he was able to finish the race after car. literally flipping and causing his own red flag and still driving away. And the car was, I think, fine. I mean, maybe some bent shocks after landing that hard. But to keep going like that for sure was like pretty impressive. That was one of those deals that definitely gave the Northwest some attention going viral on Facebook for that video. Well, but one of the cool parts too is like, so when the, when, if you're sitting at a big race, you hear the crowd, like if something cool happens, everyone goes nuts. Yeah. Something scary happens. They're like, Oh, like, right. This guy flips it and keeps going and everyone's just going nuts and cheering and they send them to the back and then it just, everyone's everyone booing and stuff. Yeah. So I was like, this is a pretty cool moment for well, sure. Well, Brett also being um, one of the Washington Sprint Car guys, I think he had some hometown fans there. So yeah. they were just uh, going nuts in the stands when that happened. So that was one of those events that you just don't see happen too much. A car flipping and still uh, being able to drive away after causing their yeah. own red flag. One of our other notes here was something that happened during 360 Speed Week that we yeah, remember. First night. Night number one, everyone's kind of just getting it started. There's a pretty stacked field of cards, uh, cars that night at the Siskiyou Golden Speedway in Wairika. Isn't this your first time at Siskiyou? Uh, yes, it was. Yeah. So I only have one career start there, and it was this night. And we actually did pretty good. I think we qualified like seventh, uh, fourth to third in our heat race, yeah. made the dash, ran last in the dash. And then I think we backed up a little bit in the feature. But right before we're about to roll off for the feature, you know, Bennett and Carly and my dad are on the quad. You know, they kind of do like the, you know, good luck, go get them. We talk mm -hmm. right before they push off because they want to spread all the cars around the track, yep. make it easy for the push trucks to get to. And all of a sudden, as we're pushing to a stop, lights go out. Completely. 
it was nuts. So the lights go out and they didn't really have a good backup plan. I don't remember. I think it had something to do with the fairgrounds literally shutting off the lights. They didn't want the races to happen. Yeah, something like that or something broke. I don't know what it was, but I remember uh, this lasted like 45 minutes yeah. from the start time. Uh, so I think what happened was is first it was all lights out and then 15 minutes into this deal, half the lights are coming on, but they're, they're the bulbs that take like 15 minutes just yeah. to warm up. So they're bright enough. So half of them come on and everyone's joking like, all right, well get the trucks out. We're going to use the headlights. Yeah. Or some whatnot. rednecks were like, Hey, you know, we'll be good. We don't even need <laughs> lights. I'll just yeah. literally pull my pickup here and turn on my brights. I'm like, you can't already see enough at the Siskiyou Golden Speedway. Like it's yeah. hard to explain, but there's just some racetracks where literally you go into the corner and you're like, I hope we make it to the corner every lap because that's how bad the lighting is. Well, I know entering turn, one. turn four is pretty treacherous turn four is really dark on exit and then the entry to turn one the lighting's just not good and it's already really hard to see the edge and if mm -hmm. you go off the edge there you're i hate to say it you're done yeah. you're, you're out of luck well, on that one it's kind of like silver dollar but even a little steep, smaller even steeper, steeper when yeah. you go down so that was one of those crazy things so i got out of the car and i remember actually went over to my good friend kyle miller he was on the back stretch so all the drivers kind of huddle around and then eventually after like 20 minutes they're like all right, we have a solution. They yeah. got everything turned back on. Drivers well, back to their cars, and then the race began. Didn't weren't they? They had like some electrical guy come out, and they're like redoing wires in the box yes. in the infield. They were. So I was like, "What in the heck is it, going it on?" It was here? definitely some redneck stuff and everything they were trying to do. Like I said, with the push trucks and everything, and thankfully but we didn't have to do that. Props to them. They did get the show going, yes. and we got the night in for sure. So props to the Speedway people for that. Yeah, that was super cool, and we hope to make another trip to that place because yeah. that was one of the more unique tracks. I think. People had not super high expectations that night, but I knew a, I know a lot of people left the track that night with like, wow, that actually was one of the best track surfaces we ended up seeing all week. Yep. And so hopefully we'll get a couple more races on the schedule there for 2021. Mm -hmm. One of the last, as we kind of get to the last couple mini events that we want to talk about here, this one is at the end of every ISCS Speed Week. Uh, we've only ran two of them mm -hmm. and both times we've actually went here going to see the quarter midget kids at the Grays Harbor Raceway yeah. quarter midget club while we're there at the end of ISC a speed week for night number five and six. Yeah. Quarter midgets are pretty unique because we come from an outlaw cart yeah. background and uh, I don't know anything about a quarter midget. Um, so this is the first time I'm standing there in this track is tiny and I'm like, it's really small. I can't even, I can't even like describe or give you something to tell you how small I'm it like, is. this is an RC car track. Like yeah. this thing is tiny and the way they do things is pretty unique. Like they take a, I don't even know what it is. It's like the uh, leaf blower. Yeah. And they're blowing the marbles off the track. And I'm like, uh, okay, like I thought you're kind of supposed to keep those or whatnot, but, uh, this was pretty unique. I've never seen quarter midgets race, but it's kind of like sunrise speedway in the the asphalt carts and it was a pretty it tail. was a pretty large club as well yeah. i think they had like five or six different divisions and mm -hmm. each division had a good amount of cars and a lot of kids running different classes and it was funny the first year i went there i think this was in 2018 the one uh, speed week you weren't able to go yeah. on i show up and man at the time i maybe had like 15 maybe like 10,000 subscribers really yeah. really small still pretty small but uh i show up and a couple kids like recognize me all of a sudden they come over the loudspeaker and they're like all right, guys, we have a celebrity yeah. in the house here, Tanner Holmes. And literally, I'm dead serious. I, I just like, I'm like, oh, no. Like, and all these kids come over to me and we take a picture with all of them. And uh, that was definitely a very humbling moment to get the chance to just, you know, have a chance to speak with some kids. And they were asking questions about the sprint car and whatnot. And then a bunch of them after their quarter midget races came and watched the big cars at the big track, Elma, uh, that night 
after and came and got some merchandise. And yeah, whatnot. I was going to say, when we went there the second time, you were definitely a superstar. It, uh, it, there are so many people that came and just sat around us, and it's always awesome to meet everyone. Uh, but it's super cool to have everyone, you know, kind of be happy that you're there to watch them. And I'm, I'm just like, hey... He, there he is right there, yeah. you know, but uh, no, that, that was, was super cool. That was definitely, like I said, super humbling, super cool to get the chance to, to talk to everyone there and, and get to learn a little bit about their style of racing and mm -hmm. what quarter midgets are about and what the next steps are after uh, quarter midget racing. Now, the last thing we want to talk about in the terms of speed weeks, and this is something that I think is a little unique for our team because yeah. we have such an awesome crew, and that is our meals at the racetrack. Yeah. So every single night, we actually try to meal plan. Uh, this is the best way than to just maybe necessarily, okay, after the races, we go and eat here and there. Um, in order to keep everyone happy, keep everyone fed, yep. uh, we try to go grocery shopping before the week and plan enough to have every night kind of covered in a way. Yeah, and this is something I like to include in my videos. Uh, big shout out to Mama Holmes. Tara yes. always is cooking and providing and it's not just like basic meals. Like she makes some good stuff. Yeah, like one night we'll have chicken. Maybe yeah. next night we have fettuccine. Next night we might have pulled pork, wings. We'll try yeah. something. Usually during the day we always have sandwiches. Yep. Just basic, you know, turkey, lettuce, tomato, all that. Whatever you want. So we do our make our own sandwiches, chips, uh, chips ahoy as well. But on the off nights... It's our go-to place. Yeah, we, we got to go to McDonald's. Yep. So that's one thing I was going to talk about. So some nights will run good and, you know, we might have something to eat at the track, but some nights uh, during the week when maybe we have to travel farther, what? No, mm -hmm. we stop at the gas station, we go in and get some McDanks, McFlurry, yep. and uh, that's just how life on the road is. You know, some of these times when we're doing these other trips, especially this last year, even on non-speed week races, we run three times in a weekend. Sometimes your, you know, your dinner plan is not necessarily the biggest meal. You just try to yeah. find what you can get. I think the the most times I ever ate McDonald's on the road with y'all is when we were in Montana and right across the street. And I, I think yeah. you remember this. So this is during the, the final day we're waiting for the event to start. Uh, I think Ed had this quad and yes. I, I was going to take the quad to go over to McDonald's. And then I think you were riding with me and then here comes Carly. Oh, I want to go too. So we had three people on, on this a quad. quad and we go through this intersection on this highway, like this is four lanes. Because the Big Sky Cartway, the track he's talking yeah. about, literally you drive down the street and there's McDonald's, there's the gas station, the gas station everything, and, and there it's one. legal to drive a quad on the street. Yeah. So we take, well, we thought it was legal. We still, it's kind of a gray area, yeah. but uh, I think it was for sure because we looked it up afterwards. But in my mind, I was like, okay, is this good or whatnot? But so we drive, uh, we drive across this thing. We go through the drive-through to get McDonald's and it starts raining on us. Yes. And then uh, I remember we made it back, and uh, I think that's the most times I ever ate McDonald's. Yeah, so that's just one of the things we do on the road. That's usually our go-to place because there's so many of them, obviously, no matter where we go. But uh, that's kind of our speed week, recapping some of our best moments, our funniest times, and uh, some of our greatest stories You know, with the motor swap. The Dorf car reverse stagger, lights going out at Siskiyou Golden mm -hmm. Speedway, playing inside line, the John Carney, Billy Aton, a uh, little scrap, and, and, and yeah, you said catching bumpers there, our fireworks story in Montana, and many other uh, great moments. So after talking about all those phenomenal Speed Week events, and we want to hear your guys' feedback, let us know in the comment section down below, was this an interesting episode? This was some of our favorites I because fun. I love to talk about things behind the scenes. Obviously, we whether we're on camera or not, we laugh yep. about talking about those things. And uh, I want to hear your guys' feedback in the comment section down below. As we wrap up this podcast, Bennett, do you want to get us started with a fan question? Yeah, so today's fan question comes from Grace Osborne underscore 48. 
And she asks, if you could be a professional in any other sport other than racing, what would it be? Man, that's a that's a good one. See, I was always involved with some other sports besides racing before mm -hmm. I kind of quit all of them uh, going into high school. And I think the one I, I wouldn't say I had a shot in, but if there was anything where I had any little bit of talent would have been baseball. So I think yep. being a professional baseball player, that was always a dream. I, I grew up watching the Yankees a good amount on TV. And that was probably the one sport I actually really kept up to date with before I finally kind of split ways with it mm -hmm. uh, going into my freshman year of high school. How about you? Um, so this, I don't, I don't know. I think, so I did play basketball in uh, like middle school and stuff. And I think the reason I would choose being a professional basketball player is because we've been to the Kings games and stuff, yeah. which is in Sacramento, which is like three hours from us. Uh, I think the atmosphere is so cool at a basketball stadium or arena because they're like so down in the, like the bottom with stands and a crowd all around. It's just super tight, yeah. small court. And I feel like you really get to watch the sport from wherever, whatever seat you're in and stuff. So I think it'd be kind of fun to be a basketball player and get to travel to all the cool stadiums. Yeah. I know growing up, there's definitely a lot of that, you know, dreaming of being a professional sport player and yeah. it's, it's really, really tough. And now we're kind of uh, on the direction of, you know, trying to make it in the sport of racing any way we can. So we're having a lot of fun with that. Uh, if you well, guys, Okay. Well, I was going to mention too, uh, I don't know about you, but when I was in like kindergarten or whatever, they always asked me, well, what do you want your career to be or whatever? I'm going to be a professional race car driver. Absolutely. I told my teacher every dang time that's yeah. what I'm going to be. And they always are like, what's that mean? Or what's Na yeah. NASCAR? You know, don't even mention World of Outlaws to your Nothing. kindergarten teacher. They might not know what that is. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, thank you guys so much for watching episode number five of Off the Track. We had a lot of fun here. This is our second episode that we shot during yep. this two-day period uh, while Bennett's up here at the house. And I think mm -hmm. he'll be back up here next week or the week after yep. to continue to shoot more. Yeah, I'm super stoked for our next guest to come on as well. Uh, she's going to be... She's going to be fun to talk to. It will be super interesting. So definitely stay tuned if you guys want to listen on Apple Podcast or Spotify or right here on the YouTube channel every Wednesday at 3.30 p.m. We are signing off now uh, for this episode of Off the Track and we will see you guys in the next one. Thank you.